0: Okay, everybody, I'm so excited because today we're talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, one of my all-time favorites, and I've got a huge guest for this intro. It's
1: Master Splinter. Kawabunga to you, Ethan. (laughs) Kawabunga, dude. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Hello. So what was it like making this movie? I would like my own podcast. Oh, okay. I mean, maybe we can talk about that after, but... um... I would like it to be called... The wise and spiritual teachings of Master Splinter on tape.
0: These intros are usually about a minute. I don't know if we're going to have time. Chapter one. Oh, you're just going to jump right into it. Okay. Meditation.
1: Close your eyes. You are in a sewer with me, a big rat. My whiskers are touching your face. We are sitting very close. It reeks down here. It reeks of shit. Oh, Jesus. My the turtles to regular people. Shit.
0: We we got to get into the episode, but but thanks for joining me, Splinter.
1: Okay, I get it. You don't like my podcast. What if I change it? What if it's a food podcast? A food podcast? What does that mean? Yeah, like Splinter's dinners. I could review how garbage tastes.
0: Um. Yeah. Maybe I'll talk to Seeker. Let's just get into the episode,
1: Ethan. What's your address? I'd like to come show you a PowerPoint. Hey,
0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bad Science. I'm your host, Ethan Enberg. And today we are talking about something that I was absolutely obsessed with when I was little. I would demand my parents tuck a sword into the back of my underwear and call me Leonardo. It's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, This is the first movie from 1990, which I remember very, very differently. I don't think I've seen it since I was a little kid. And I think I'm scarred because I watched it as an adult. But let me interview my two guests who I forced to watch this movie. Uh, First of all, a good buddy of mine, he is the head of comedy content and programming at Pandora. It's Drew Miller.
2: Hello, Ethan. How are you?
0: I'm doing quite well, Drew. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I assume you're also in Los
2: Angeles? I am in Los Angeles, and I also watched this film last night, and I have a lot of things to say about it, so I'm excited to do this podcast with you.
0: Oh, fantastic. I'm excited to talk to you about it. Man, just choosing even where to start is going to be tough. This movie was all over the place. But joining uh, Drew and I is the California Academy of Sciences renowned entomologist and Patterson scholar, Dr. Brian Fisher.
3: Greetings. And I must admit, I did enjoy the movie too.
0: Oh, all right. Had you seen it before?
3: I had never seen it. Uh, I I missed most of what normal people do in life, but it's good to catch up. I feel like I'm catching up.
0: And is that because you were in places like Madagascar finding different species of insects?
3: Yes. uh, I I spent a lot of time traveling and exploring the, the biological world, and somehow this did not show up on my radar as a must see during the the 90s, I guess.
0: You guys didn't bring like a VHS player and a television and a VHS copy of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when you were traveling the world?
3: No, uh, I I didn't even know it existed. Hmm. So thank you for alerting me to this very important part of our american
0: culture hey listen that's my job man you know yours is to discover new species and probably find who knows cures for diseases based on brand new animals and blood and guts and stuff and i introduce people to movies that barely make sense and must have come from somebody who was like smoking meth i'm not sure how they uh invented this this movie and they tried to explain it with like this uh I don't even know how to describe it, but like the origin story that they do in this movie is probably the most disturbing part. Would you guys agree with that?
2: That's the best scene. Basically just like a recreation of like a planet Earth done by children, essentially. Yes. But probably the most well-done scene in the film. <laughs> um, next to the rat splinter doing the karate, next to his master. Those two scenes, top scenes.
0: Yeah. Okay. I, I don't want to dive into the movie too quickly. I have so much I want to break down about it. But Wait, hold on, it? Can, Ethan, go can into I interrupt
2: it. you for one second? Please. I love to I, I'm just me. reading Dr. Brian Fisher's Wikipedia in here. Great. Uh, Dr. Fisher, did
3: you know that you have discovered over 1,000 species? Oh. Well, maybe in the 90s, I think that might be true, but it's a little bit out of date. So discovering species in in my world, insects is actually not surprising. So how many species? I've I've discovered thousands and thousands of new species of ants. But no, we distinguish between discovery, like you go out and collect them, like I go to the Congo Basin or Madagascar and collect a new species of ant Uh versus describing them. And that's actually a much longer, more painful process in this secret world of taxonomy, a whole field of science that's been forgotten but practiced for over 250 years. And that is very slow. In fact, I've only described um, just slightly less than 800 species of of ants. So I still have a way to go describe all the new species I've discovered.
2: Wow. What is your top three ant species? Oh, great question.
3: Well, I think it's the Dracula ants. They're, they're just so cool. And they're de- endemic to uh, Madagascar, this one genus, myrma And they're really hard to find. What do they do? They're like the ninja ants of... Uh, Whoa. Well, you see, they don't do the normal stuff. So most ants... Can I just give you a two-minute two, two minute biology lesson on ants? Hell yeah. You see, ants are, are you know, the real collective intelligence. They only survive by working together. In fact, when you talk about an ant, it's not the individual ant. That's not the organism. The organism is the colony. And that's the only way to look at a, a, an ant is through its colony. In fact, if you're an ant, imagine if you're out and you're hungry and it's LA and it's very, very hot. And then all of a sudden you see this juicy caterpillar. What would you do? Are you the type that would like say, hey, Let's bring some home for the colony. Or would you be the type? And I know there are types like this in L.A. that would say, hey, I'm hungry. If I eat this, I'll be able to collect even more to take back home. You'd probably eat it yourself, right?
0: I would do a little bit of both, right? Yeah, I'd take a bite or two and be like, okay, now, I've, now I'm have now i full. Let me take it back to my people.
3: Well, guess what? Ants bring food back to the nest. Not because they're like this Buddha, um, this splinter. No, they take it back to the nest because they can't eat food. In fact, they have to bring it to their stomach. The stomach of an ant colony is actually in the nest. They can't eat solid food. What? Adult ant, What the ants you see walking around, can't eat solid food. They can only drink. They have a little tiny constriction in the back of their head. only allows liquids into their body. So they take the food back to the nest and feed it to their larva. Oh. And this is gets to the point of the story. The larvae are fed the solid food. The larvae have mandibles. They eat it. They digest it. And then... In almost all ants, they regurgitate it. Ants walk up to it in the colony, drink that liquid that's full of all the nutrients which the colony needs, and they walk around asking all the other ants, which are all their sisters and their mom, the queen, if they're hungry. And if they're hungry, they regurgitate that from their social stomach and feed the other workers. It's called social food transfer, prophylaxis. Try it at home.
0: I'm not gonna try Jesus. that. Either, let's also try it. all right, I'll try it with you, Drew, but that's it. Right. So what you're saying is that these larvae can eat the solid food, yep. but a normal adult ant loses the capability to do that?
3: They just don't have they can't. They can't. They they have a constriction. Only liquid can get into their bodies. So they can drink food and they actually have two stomachs then that take that liquid. The social stomach, which is what they use to walk around and then regurgitate it and give it to other ants that are hungry. Wow. It's just like our blood system, right? How we get energy through our bodies or how we get our food from stores to stores across a city. It's the same way. They actually have a transport system. Wow. Social organisms have to have a transport system for energy. In this case, it's the, the social stomach. And ants take this to the extreme. There's these honeypot ants that actually get so big and swollen with their social stomach that they become like refrigerators for the colony, and they hang from the ceiling during that time of, like right now, when there's not much, you can get anything in the COVID time, and other ants can come up to it and go, hey, I'm hungry, and they can just tap into that refrigerator and get all this nice juice and honey. In fact, you can actually dig them up in California or Arizona, where you find them, and actually pop them into your mouth. They're they're like little bursts of sugar. They're delicious.
0: That is crazy. <laughs> and speaking, by the way, of how insects eat, you I read are a proponent of us eating insects. Is that correct?
3: Oh yes, this is this is kind of taking over my life right now because I just think it's something we have to do. We have to find new systems for uh, producing food to sustain our world, our growing world, and for. Do you, some, do
0: you mean just crickets or other? Uh, creepy crawlies as well.
3: I think all insects, I think we have to really start um, imagining new ways of farming in insects so that one of the most efficient ways to produce protein and other micronutrients. They don't take much water. They are uh, incredibly compact and efficient in terms of energy input to to energy output. And you get more product by cr- creating food from crickets than you would from a chicken, a pig, or a cow. It just makes sense. Especially for places that are experiencing famine and they don't have very many options. Wait, you said you get more product,
2: so yeah. So,
3: was? for every kilo or pound of food you give a cow to give that same amount of food to a cricket or other insect, you get six times the amount of food that you could eat. So, you get right. basically six times the amount of protein it's crazy by harvesting it from a cricket than you would from a cow, and about three times if it was a pig, for example.
0: So if I, I'm sorry, but if I went through your refrigerator and your cabinets, are you telling me that I would find today a bunch of insects that you put on a piece of bread? Or how does this work?
3: I'm farming crickets right now, and I actually eat the cricket every morning with yogurt. So I actually have ground cricket powder, and I mix it with yogurt. And it (laughs) looks just like sachetella. It's actually delicious, and you can add muesli to it. And that's how I eat it's it. It's delicious. It's delicious, and this on is why own? people eat it because it's
2: good tasting. Wow! What does it taste like?
3: Well, I think it has a bit of a chocolate flavor to it, and that's why I think a lot of people like it with yogurt.
2: Oh my god,
0: I love chocolate!
3: I've been doing this research recently on the history of uh, edible insect recipes, and and a lot of early travelers in Africa and Madagascar in like the sixteen, seventeen, and, and later even remarked about the importance of eating insects. Um, into the diets of the local people, especially during the times of of drought, for example. And they also were surprised that hunger wasn't present in these countries. And they saw the direct link to the fact that they would actually harvest lots of insects, like during a locust outbreak, grind up all the insects into a powder. And it's like stored. It doesn't go bad. And they can add it to food during that time of stress so they can survive those periods. And that's all been almost lost now that we've become so modern uh, and civilized that we've lost this really important aspect.
0: I want to jump back into this because I'm very, very curious about it. I could totally see myself putting... Chocolatey cricket powder into a bunch of my stuff, but let's jump into these turtles because, like I said,
3: you no, know, I just have to interrupt one second. Though I have to finish this storyline.
0: Unacceptable. I
3: have to unacceptable have to yeah, finish more... the story. I started with the Dracula ant, and I'm and I'm so close to finishing that. Story. Oh, oh yeah.
0: that's my that's my fault.
3: So this Dracula ant doesn't do that. It doesn't have trophallaxis. It doesn't have social food transfer. So it has to take food to the nest. But the larvae, when they eat it, don't regurgitate it. So to get food. Through the colony, each ant has to come, along with the queen, to the larva, bite the larva until it bleeds, and the adults have to drink the blood of their own young. Whoa. That's why they're called
2: (laughs) 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 Dracula.
0: I'm very glad I let you finish. That's uh, (laughs) totally disturbing (laughs) and like a fiction movie in and of itself. That's crazy.
3: Yes, it is crazy. In fact, we make it so sanitized by calling it non-destructive cannibalism. So it doesn't sound so crazy when you say it that way. But anyway, let's leave the ants no, and I've... go back to the turtle.
0: Okay, okay. We're, we're hopping into the shell here. Um, can
2: we well, Can we have Dr. Fisher back and do the movie Ants next time?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm down with that.
3: Next time. Ant-, ant movies always make the same mistake, though. They always give them boys' names. And as the little oh. ref that I just said, they're all females. They're all sisters working together. There's The males are... A temporary trivial part of the end story
0: yeah huh. similar to humans uh males are useless <laughs> <True>. <laughs> so let's us three useless beings talk about this ridiculous film for a second um i was surprised to learn how much of a humongous success it was i thought the ninja turtles were just famous for i guess as like a animated show because i think that's what i used to watch i knew these movies were out and i knew the comic but like there was like a comic segment of this or whatever but this movie was humongous they totally took over the budget was 13.5 million it made 202 million at the time it was the highest grossing uh, independent film of all time and a bunch of major studios passed on it Walt Disney, Columbia, MGM, Orion, Paramount, Warner Brothers all turned down the film for distribution and i'm sure someone regretted that decision. Uh New Line Cinema was the one that ended up distributing it, and at the time just made like B-movies and stuff. So this, I think, was a gigantic help for them. Okay, secondly, I wanted your guys' take on this because something about the plot didn't make sense to me. And I know what you're thinking. How is that possible <laughs> in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? So The plot doesn't check out. But okay, follow me on this. In case you guys haven't seen the movie, they do, like I mentioned before, this flashback sequence, right, where we see in the sewer like a rat and these little turtles interacting with this radioactive goo and splinter like saves them the rat puts them into a jar or a can I think he said and they all grow physically and they grow intellectually but then Splinter is talking about how before all of this happened that he learned how to be a ninja he learned some sort of jujitsu because he was trapped in a cage with like a jujitsu master this guy named Yoshi. So can you guys explain to me how he was able to know that guy's name how he was able to learn karate moves, because that was all prior to radioactive goo evolution.
2: That's a great point, Ethan, and that would be my question to, to Dr. Fisher. Can a rat mimic human movements, as in ninja fighting or any other human movements?
3: Well, this is a great question, and it actually forces, I think, humans to think about what is intelligence and, and what types of forms in life can intelligence take? So. I think we're beginning to accept that maybe dolphins, elephants uh, are intelligence and, and um, Definitely. maybe and we think also that rats can learn things. Okay. They, they've been trained to go through mazes, right? <laughs> so at what extent do we say they're not intelligent enough to learn karate, I guess, or martial arts? Um, hmm. I don't think they're that smart, but one could imagine if we accept that intelligence is something that we haven't really understood yet. But maybe before the goo or the ooze, Splinter was a very careful study of his master.
0: Okay, great. So that checks out. Um, (laughs) Asked and answered. Uh, And be careful saying ooze, because I think the second movie is all about some sort of ooze, um, which is different. Okay. So what is the extent of that? I don't know. I don't remember that movie, and maybe we'll do another Bad Science about that one. I personally love the third one. I know this is probably going to upset everybody, but for some reason as a kid, I remember rewatching the third one where they go to like ancient Japan, I think. But anyways, everyone hated it. I looked it up online and I was like, what? Why did everyone hate this movie? But whatever. Apparently I don't even remember that one. It's just based on watching this movie. I think there's a lot about it that would not fly today. Just seemed like there was a few moments in this one where I was like, uh, I don't know if this would be okay anymore. And I think definitely in the third one, having not rewatched it, I assume there's a bunch of problems. Yeah. But uh, speaking of things that are probably not okay, there's like a weird, did you guys feel weird <laughs> watching the love story stuff between like Raphael and April and that guy, Casey Jones and April?
2: The interspecies love triangle. The
0: interspecies love triangle, I thought, was not for you. Not, not for me. <laughs> I don't know how did you how did you guys fall on that.
3: They 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 actually followed how humans would may do it, but they didn't follow the way a turtle would. So a turtle's right. approach to the love scene would have been quite differently, right? I don't know what turtle species they're mimicking, but it's probably a US species. And in the 90s, I think a lot of people had box turtles or slider turtles. And the slider turtle would actually, uh, the male swims in front of the other, of the female, and kind of waves their hands and and head in front of it before mating. And I didn't see any of that. So (laughs) I would have liked to seen a little bit of the turtle behavior coming out in this uh, scene of love there. Do you think April would go for that? Or I'm not sure that's really her thing, but... She seemed very open to new things, right? I mean, she was already experiencing turtle love
2: maybe. i mean i want to bring up another weird thing Ethan, oh, in, in the movie because you just touched yeah, you just touched on it with the sort of insensitive to perhaps japanese culture sure there was a couple uh, maybe i was wrong but there was a couple of like little sneaky racist jokes in here yeah and i could be uh, um reading this wrong but when april was getting uh jumped by all the the foot um the, the foot gang in, in foot the subway clan. the foot clan in the subway um, and they, they, they started talking to her and then she responds with, am I behind on my Sony payments again? Yeah. And they were talking to her in a Japanese accent. Was that, a, was that a call out to, to the, the Japanese and Sony? I, I didn't really get it. I, I thought it might've been yeah. a, a racist joke, but what was that?
0: Um, I'm with you on that one. Uh, I don't know how the doc feels about it, but I definitely felt like, Ooh, that was one of those moments that would. Would not be cool, oh, right? Yeah. Didn't age well, let's say.
2: No, yes. I was not expecting that.
0: Yeah, it's pretty much everything from this time period. There's going to be some weird, like, oh, Jesus, why say that?
2: It was a kid's movie. Yeah, exactly. Like, was it a joke for the adults or something?
0: Yeah, no. I think there were a few parts that were, like, jokes for adults that right. just didn't make any sense, really. I mean, not that it was a joke, but th- that whole, hmm. obviously the inner species love stuff is just weird overall. We can all agree. But even just the human-to-human Weird love. I don't even know if I want to call it love story, but just like sexual uh, tension between Casey and April. I was like, "What is this? Why do we need this? We don't." No, we didn't need it. Um, So I have a bunch of science questions here, Doc. I got I got a lot of turtle questions. So I know it's not your super expertise, but if you could weigh in, I know you have a passion for turtles. First off, I feel like I had a few friends when I was little. I don't know Drew if you did also, but they had turtles as pets. So, do turtles make good pets? I mean, I know they're endangered. Should we not have them as pets? Because they are adorable. So, how does that work?
3: Well, yeah, I think one bad or downside of this movie is that they kind of portray turtles as, as these lovely little things that we should all have. And I did see some information that it did cause a lot of people to go out and buy turtles. and. Then they got tired of them, and they tried to flush them down the toilet. Oh, my God. But, but guess what? Turtles are not fish. What? They have to breathe air, so flushing them down the toilet isn't really the right thing to do.
0: Are you saying people in mass droves drown a bunch of turtles because of this movie? How can
3: you flush a turtle down a toilet? That would work. Well, they buy baby ones, right? And then they go like, oh, I don't want this thing.
0: God, that's crazy.
3: So, But but turtles are in danger. So the idea of going out and collecting a turtle and um, bringing them inside and do they make a very friendly compassionate? i I guess as much as maybe or or even more than a a crocodile does or an alligator but you know in terms of as a long-term companion it's probably not the best pet to get i guess i think cats would probably be better
0: yeah i have two cats and i wouldn't trade them for a million turtles no offense to the turtle species (laughs) oh you heard it here first jeez (laughs) um Did you you know what I'm talking about though, right, Drew? Didn't people have like I don't know if it's just because we were kids or something, but I feel like everyone had pet turtles.
3: I had a
2: pet turtle. Yeah, my friends were cool, so I didn't have any turtles. But you guys sound like you had some interesting friends. <laughs>
3: <God> <laughs> <damn
2: it. laughs>
3: you had a pet turtle, you said, Doc. I, I had a pet turtle and a pet caiman. Uh, Whoa, pet caiman. Caiman is like an alligator. Um, and I've had it. That's crazy. For like. 15 years until it got giant and then became very problematic to feed and it got loose in the house and this giant caiman would disappear in our house for weeks and we didn't know where it would hang out and then (laughs) i'd hear my mother (laughs) screaming in the in the shower in the morning when she walks into the shower and she greets a caiman they're trying to get some water oh my god you're a wild man that's insane is that legal (laughs) well back then it was (laughs) you could buy them for like 50 cents at a pet shop in Arkansas if you wanted to.
0: Oh, the good old days.
3: Yeah, back when you could buy a slider. Cool. The local pet shop would give us bad fish and we all the kids would come over and watch me feed it. I actually brought it to high school and then used it as an excuse to get out of class all the time. Like Somebody would come to the door and knock on the door and say, hey, you're Cayman got loose, and I would have to leave the class.
2: Oh, Aw, it! I can't do this math test right now. The Cayman's in the cafeteria. Okay, my Cayman ate, ate my homework. I want to tie something back, because you said flush the, the turtles down the toilet. Um, maybe that's how the turtles ended up in the sewer, because I never said how they ended up there. Oh. So perhaps that is... The sort of result of people flushing their, tur- their turtles down the toilet. Yeah. That would be my guess. I'm not sure. How do they end up in the sewer, Dr.
3: Fisher? <laughs> in the movie, they didn't explain it right. But I guess I'm guessing the same thing. That was a very common thing uh, to flush your pets down the tr- down the toilet, I guess. Where the
0: hell did that start? Why would anyone flush a live thing down the toilet?
3: <laughs> <laughs> if you Google it, you'll see lots of interesting things. Um Oh, my gosh. Yes, people do it.
0: Oh, boy. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
3: The break is over. Here we go. Back to the show about science.
0: What about what they eat? I mean, this is the big question on everybody's mind, right? Can turtles eat pizza?
3: I think in their stomach, they can actually absorb anything. Boots, uh, turtles. I mean, I mean, other turtles, they, they're they omnivorous. They can eat anything. Whoa! But do they like pizza?
0: Okay. Well, that's a different question.
3: They definitely like pizza.
0: Oh, they definitely like pizza. So that's not, we don't even have to think about
3: it. Yeah. Well, I, to be honest, I mean, turtles, they can eat, you know, vegetables like fruits. That's what they're kind of walking around eating fruit all day long, but they also can eat meat. Mm-hmm. So if you had like a, and fish. So if you had like, I don't know, an anchovy pizza, they'd just, Think that would be great, I think.
0: Wow, okay. And you said they might eat other turtles. Is that a common thing? Why would they do that?
3: Well, I just remember um, having a bunch of snapping turtles, and then one day there was one less, and I imagined somebody ate my little snapping turtle. What
0: about the shell? They eat the shell? No way. <laughs> okay.
3: Well, I think, like alligators or crocodiles, you can just stuff anything into those stomachs, you know, and part of it will get digested and not. But these were baby uh, snapping turtles, so. Their, their shells were not completely as hard as a giant, you know, Galapagos turtle, for example. So
0: let's talk about the shell then for a second. I, I read a little bit about it. I know there's like an upper shell, the the carapace, or carapace, carapace. and yeah. then the lower shell is the plastron. I've, I hope that we can come up with a mnemonic to remember that because I do love both of those terms, and I didn't know that there's like two pieces to every shell. But I also read that they have like nerves embedded into them and blood vessels, so like they can actually feel pain from their shell and the and the shell will bleed which I thought was really interesting but so you're saying also that it it grows with them there's like some sort of i guess myth or or people just believe that they find new shells like snails do but that's not the case right
3: <laughs> no that's not the case and th- it's a, it's a bone right so it's it's growing just like our bones grow uh in our lifetime um it's just that their bones mostly on the outside and they you have skin over those bones and that between the bone and the skin there can be nerves and blood vessels for example
0: wow and they just grow the same way our bones grow i guess
3: yes and it's a it's an amazing feature right that's you know it has its limitations they're they're approaching the style of, of of an insect right where you have a giant beetle and the great thing about beetles is that they can lift an amazing amount of weight because they're insects because their their skeleton is on the outside, and all the juicy parts, or muscles and stuff, are on the inside. And this is basically the kind of uh, vertebrate equivalent of, uh, of an insect, is putting the shell, the skeleton, on the outside. Hmm. But the, the limitation of insects, why you don't find giant insects, is that because it gets heavy after a while. And there's some danger, you know, um, of rolling over and never getting back up, because it's just so heavy. And that can happen to turtles, too.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's, I wrote that down also. That is a, it's a joke. And I think the third movie, the one that I like weirdly, um, where one of them falls and he says like, I've fallen and I can't get up. So you're saying that that is legitimate. Turtles can't flip themselves over.
3: Well, at a certain size, they can't do that. The young ones can, they're more flexible and their skeletons, not so, they're not so wide. Don't forget it's growing with time. So maybe in the third movie, their they've aged, they've gotten bigger and it's harder for them to turn over. But the movie we saw, they looked like they were still nimble enough that they could turn themselves over.
0: Ah, okay. So they're still somewhat young in this movie; they're teens. They definitely act like teens. Yeah.
2: So what would an adult turtle do in the real world if it was on its back? It would just have to be like that forever. Just dies?
3: Yeah, it it, it may die or, or or Jesus. These intelligent ones, they could probably talk to each other and get help. But in the real world, no, they're stuck. Wow,
0: wow sucks. Sounds... Yeah, that is a uh, super. <laughs> uh, <laughs> annoying like what a terrible part of the shell which seems so cool but then man does that bite you in the butt if you end up on it, it
3: which is one of the reasons why um sadly um, a lot of people ate these things you can just store them quite easily oh. um, you just have to go out into the you know they're they're not all turtles or tortoises which are, are, are a related group of animals um and they can just you just take those and turn them over and then they're basically stationary so you can stack them up on your ship as you're sailing around the world and just kind of pull one out and eat it as you go along. Oh my God. Sadly, that's how a lot of the large tortoises disappeared and continue to disappear like in Madagascar.
0: People just today still eat turtles and tortoises?
3: Yes, it's a it's a huge problem. It's going to be why a lot of these beautiful tortoises of Madagascar disappear because um, you can just now with cars and drive around these roads and just every time you see one crossing, stop, pick it up, and throw it in the back.
0: And do they like uh, this is a terrible question, probably, but they eat them raw or they cook them or
3: they cook they cook them. Ugh. There's also a pet trade which allows them also to be shipped easily too for the same reason. But in Madagascar, it's the pet trade and eating them that's driving them to
0: extinction. Another reason to. Eat cricket powder exactly. And leave the turtles so, alone.
3: We always have in Madagascar a biodiversity focus for our edible insect projects, and in the south, it will be to try to also save the tortoises there by farming edible insects to give an alternative food source and income to these people and is
0: this the main reason that they're so endangered because it's like all species of turtles uh, and tortoises are like endangered right
3: I guess probably the slide some of them the, the most common ones like the sliders probably not is but almost every tortoise in, in Madagascar is endangered. They really can't run away from you, so they're mm-hmm. they're just so easy to but collect.
0: Is it mostly due to people eating them, or is there other I don't know other reasons that they're hunted, or has like climate change screwed them as far as you know predators yeah. and prey? Are there
3: predator that eats turtles? There are, but I think that's not a major threat. Um, it's you know habitat transformation, growing human populations combined with the pet trade is driving uh, tortoises and turtles to extinction.
0: Okay, so stop having pet turtles, everybody. Now, and if you do have one right now, don't flush it down the toilet like an idiot.
3: You know, if this movie came out today, you would hope that one of the producers would have gotten on board with preserving tortoises or or yeah. devoted some of the uh, funding toward that. You know, the, right. the the Madagascar movie that came out about lemurs of Madagascar, they did donate some money to support some lemur research in Madagascar. But
0: oh, that's cool. You,
3: you would think they they're still obliged in a sense. You would think um the ninja turtle industry that they should also you know have an offshoot that's actually saving turtles and maybe they do well, i say I about remember. in
2: 2014 the remake and okay. i didn't hear anything about donating to the turtle cause but perhaps whoa um yeah, wasn't that, wasn't that Michael
0: Bay? Should we get him on the horn?
2: It was Michael Bay. Yeah. Can you call him?
0: Yeah. Um, Drew, uh, just Google it and figure out how to get him on the on the line here, please. No problem. Yeah, yeah I'm on it. Okay. I expect that any minute now because I have some deep questions for him. Um, they haven't evolved much, right? They've been here for like forever. It's like some species have been here for over 250 million years, I read, and I assume that they're pretty much the same. So... If they're becoming endangered, like why haven't they evolved to, you know, spit fire?
3: Um, it's it's an amazing thing this concept of time with evolution and and the morphological appearance of things. So you're right that this kind of form, the turtle, just like the alligator, the crocodile, hasn't really changed much, while other things are kind of quickly adapting and evolving, uh, and their lineages are quite short because they've evolved into something different. But we keep calling turtles turtles, and and uh, crocodiles, crocodiles, because they, they kind of look the same, but they're still evolving. They're adapting all the time, but not just uh, morphologically. And why some lineages or, or groups of organisms evolve faster morphologically than others is a huge mystery in science. And mm-hmm. we're just now beginning to um, get a glimpse of how natural selection is linked toward morphology and duration of a lineage through time. So, But it's, it's a fabulous question.
2: Hey, thanks. Um, yeah, I don't know if you listen to the soundtrack. Uh, those are the Vanilla Ice Ninja Rap, And they actually do spit fire on that. So, you know. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I need to listen to that. No, yeah, I have check not. It out. I mean, maybe I would recognize it, but no, I do not know.
2: Quick sidebar. That soundtrack, I actually had it when I was a kid. I remember it was a red tape um and we would listen to it all the time that is a uh, actually a ahead of its time soundtrack really good stuff and hammer wow. uh vanilla ice a, a lot of good good deep cuts on that
0: man everybody jumped in to help the turtle that's awesome <laughs> um i saw some videos of turtles making noises have you you guys have experience listening to what turtles sound like? It's really weird.
3: Like when they're mating? Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. Can you recreate the sound?
0: Uh, I'll leave that to the doc. <laughs> no,
3: right. I prefer I not it. to. But, you know, the mating of, of tortoises in particular <laughs> go on for a very long time. And there's a lot of grunting going on. And it goes on for days. and uh, Days? Uh, yeah. And it's, it's quite disturbing when you're in the forest in Madagascar, for example, in the south, in this habitat called the spiny bush. And... All day and all night you hear this kind of grunting going on, and you know what's happening. They're at breakfast, they're at lunch, they're at dinner. So
0: they stay awake
3: for days, mating? Yeah, and it's like, they they just, I'm sure our total expert will provide some more background on this, but in my sense, they're basically uh, trying really hard, of course, but also guarding against other males from coming over and, and, and mating. So, uh,
0: Well, some of them sound like they're like a dog. Some of them I heard they were kind of like woofing and, bar- and barking. And then some of them sound like a chicken also. They're like clucking. But I just had no clue, you know, before I was looking it up, I was like, yeah, I wonder what turtle sounds are. And I couldn't think of even how to start. Um, but they differ. There's like all different sorts of uh, of sounds really weird.
3: But what I what I have fixated in my head mm-hmm. though is is watching the strain on the on the heads. you know the male is ex- completely extended their head and stretching and, and 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 trying and it makes the male look like a very, very old. Male when they're doing that so it's um
2: so it takes them it takes some days to i'm sorry i don't want to get graphic on the pod ethan but it takes them days please, to, please to basically ejaculate is that what we're saying i'll have to look that up but i assumed it was multiple oh they ejaculate multiple times
3: within the couple yeah that's well, what i imagined but you're imagining it's, um uh, that i'm imagining, imagining it right
0: now
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's what i hope but
0: so there, there's some sort of weird tortoise, turtle, tantric uh, sex going on uh, in the uh, wilderness? Is that what you're saying? Yes. It's, it's,
2: imagine.
3: It's, yeah, that's that's what I've heard <laughs> when I'm in the forest. And I uh, found it uh, at times disturbing. And when you go to look at them, you watch them and you're like, oh my gosh, the male tortoise always looks much older in that position than he probably really is. But um, Hmm.
0: Sounds really hot. (laughs) Speaking of, um, no, there's no segue here. So I read that they can, there's like certain turtles like the leatherback sea turtle, which can weigh up to 2000 pounds and that some species can live to be 150 years or older. So is that real? And also why can they live longer than us? What are they doing that we're not? Is it the days of sex?
3: (laughs) Yeah, maybe for turtles, that's really just a minute of sex. And, you know, in their lifespan of 150 years, it's, it's uh, everything's slowed down.
0: Should we just eat boots and turtles like <laughs> they do? And that that's the secret to longevity of life?
3: Yeah, it is, it is impressive to see these large, you know, ocean turtle or a land tortoise, like a Galapagos tortoise. Um, and they can live super long. And they, in the colonial days, they were often given as gifts to that island or that prince or that President, those gifts live on forever. Wow. You often go to a zoo uh, and see this Galapagos tortoise that was, or from Moldova or from Mauritius. Given, like this tortoise was given as a gift 70 years ago. Uh, you're like, what? It's still alive. It's impressive.
2: Are they the animal that lives the longest? Uh, probably not, huh? but that does seem like a long time. Which animal would it be? Do you know?
3: Shark. Gosh, I don't know. I know how old ants can live and you won't be, how long, how old can ants
2: live?
0: Ethan? I mean, how old can ants live? I I feel like it can't be a very long time back. I'm going to say three weeks. I'm going to say 16 years.
3: They can live up to like 40 years. Wow. wow queen, 40 years. Holy crap. You have to think of it like a tree. The workers are expendable like leaves. They live maybe two years at most. But the queen, which oh. is in the colony producing more and more eggs all the time, um, more and more leaves, in a sense, can live to like 40, 45 years for certain okay. species. I'm
0: reading here that a whale is the longest living uh. thing. Oh, but then there's like a jellyfish that they call the immortal jellyfish.
2: Yeah, it doesn't count. So. <laughs> yeah, But then
0: sharks and whales But then number five it says is the tortoise So All right. Galapagos uh, tortoise that you were talking about Which is given as a gift Which I think is probably a terrible idea And bad for their habitat I also, if you guys want to see a picture of a really scary turtle There's an alligator snapping turtle Which is like the opposite Of what I think about in my head when I say turtle Which is like a small cute turtle And then these guys are like That on bath salts It's like huge and scary and I couldn't look at it for more than 15 seconds.
2: I just found a Turtles fact or fiction quiz online. Thought maybe we could do it <laughs> okay. at some point. You guys ready? Okay, cool. Yeah, All right, so basically, yeah, it's uh, this is on uh, Britannica.com. I'm gonna start the quiz. It might be for children, but we have 30 seconds each oh, um, to answer each question. I will read the question out, and um, Ethan, do you wanna give your answer, then Dr. Fisher? Um, yeah. And it's basically just fact or fiction, okay? So question one. All turtles have hard shells, fact or fiction? Fiction, oh, sorry, I posted it a second,
0: ah. It's okay, I was leaning towards fiction just out of the way it was written.
2: Fiction, and that is correct. Next question, turtles can catch the cold, wow, topical. Oh my God, I, um, I wanna say no. Doctor?
3: Well, it's a, it's a virus, so if you exemplify a lot of uh, COVID viruses, could they be catched by a turtle? Why not? I would say, yeah. Going with fact.
2: Yeah. Fact is correct. Sorry, Ethan, you suck. The smallest turtle lives in Africa. Fact or fiction?
0: Oh, oh, okay. I thought that was like a detail about the the cold one. The smallest turtle lives in Africa? Fact or fiction. 10 seconds. Sure. Fact.
2: Uh, False. Oh, it was fact. Ethan, beat the doctor on this one. Sorry, doctor. Bam! Hand me a degree. There are about 20 species of turtles, fact or fiction?
0: Oh, man. I want to say fiction and hope that there's a lot more.
2: I would say fiction, too. Yeah, that feels like fiction. Correct. Next question. Turtles have very sharp teeth. I mean, that's kind of subjective, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah, very sharp. (laughs) Very sharp. Very scientific. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, fact. I don't
2: have teeth. Wow! Trick question. I'm going with fiction. Yes, trick question. You got smoked, Ethan. Next question. <laughs> Damn it! Turtles cannot run. Fact or fiction?
0: Oh man, this is another one where it's I like <laughs> I want, like I want to guess fact, but I want to root for turtles and give them the opportunity to run in my mind. So I'm going to say fiction.
3: Fiction. Have you ever put a box turtle outside and said, "Hey, go get it," and it'll run faster than you. Fiction
2: is correct awesome the oldest turtle is about 15 years old fact or fiction no i
0: i now know that yeah. that, that, that is fiction,
2: We've fiction. Learned that on the podcast today look at us that's right that's that right. is fiction it's old is all hell this is an interesting one the first turtles evolved about 200 million years ago it's a long time yeah that's like pre-internet <laughs> yeah we're going fact. with fact yeah fact is correct Largest... I gotta say, this is
0: the perfect time <laughs> to do a quiz because we just talked about turtles for a fucking half hour. Well, we got
2: one wrong. Next question. Last question. Here we go. The last question: <laughs> Turtles can see in color, fact
0: or fiction? I'm gonna say a uh, fact. I think that they would
2: need good sight. Oh, that's this is. Andrew, you have ten seconds. Eight,
3: <laughs> seven, <laughs> six, oh!
2: oh. I can't decide.
3: Okay, their eyes are like eyes. I said they say color. Color. It was fiction. Oh. Ah.
2: With black and white? What are we talking about? I don't know. It's just fact or fiction. There's not a whole follow up. I to guess it.
0: they see black and white. Man, okay, that's a bummer.
2: Okay, um, bonus question. Can I ask one bonus question?
0: Yeah, yeah, bonus.
2: The Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie was. Higher or lower than 50%? This is the tomato meter, not the audience score.
0: What's the difference? What does that mean?
2: Uh, I think that's the critics' consensus mixed with the audience.
0: Was higher or lower than 50? 50, tomato meter. I'm going to say lower.
2: Oh, I bet
3: below 50. Yeah,
0: I'm going to say lower too.
3: Give me a guess. What do you think it was?
2: 40, 42.
0: Doctor?
3: Oh, okay. Uh, 39, but the audience must have been like 90. Wow, the real answer was forty percent on the tomato
2: meter. Oh, Doc wins by one percent. Got me. Ah. Audience score eighty-one oh, percent. Do you want me to okay, read the one. critics' consensus? Okay, go ahead. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is exactly as advertised: one-liners, brawls, and general silliness. Good for the young at heart, irritating for everyone else.
0: <laughs> wow. I mean. <laughs> it's that—that's pretty accurate. I'd say so. Definitely. I mean, especially experiencing it now both ways. Like, loved it when I was young, not just at heart, right. but just young. And then now, as an adult, it was like, yeah, there were there were. It was tough. It was tough to get through. I felt bad being such a fan. I had Ninja Turtles, everything, man. I had Ninja Turtles clothes and underwear and and lunch boxes and the toy. I had it all
2: same same I dressed up for halloween as the ninja turtles I actually dressed up as oh, the yeah. um, hockey player guy for the for, from the from the movie as well casey
0: casey jones yeah exactly well, was not that his name um okay anyway we're running out of time here we got to wrap it up i can't thank you guys enough for being on the program uh drew what would you what would you like to tell people uh, about where can they find you and yeah. what's going on with Pandora? Thanks,
2: thanks for having me, Ethan. Um, you can find me all over uh, the internet and places. But more importantly, um, if you're a stand-up comedy fan, you should be listening to Stand-Up Comedy Radio on Pandora. You, Any artist you like, Tom Segura, Amy Schumer, Kevin Hart, you name it, you start a comedy radio station on Pandora, And we will just play you joke after joke after joke based upon that artist um it's a great way to stay um, light to laugh um to waste time in these times of of quarantine Mm -hmm. so uh Download Pandora if you don't have it, and start a comedy station.
0: That sounds great. Can people also look forward to hearing like comedy music on that station? Because a lot of people really love funny songs.
2: Right. Yeah, that's great that you asked. There's actually this comedy band I'd recommend called the Cooties. Have you heard of them?
0: (laughs) No, no, I have. That sounds super cool. Yeah, they're really good music.
2: They're on Pandora. I would go on Pandora, just start a cootie station. Um, you'll get a bunch of mm-hmm. of their songs. They have a, they, I think they have potential. I don't love their personalities of the people in the band, but they have potential as a band.
0: Man, it seems like you
2: know them intimately. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Well, you know, take my word. Okay, seriously.
0: yeah, that sounds really cool, really hip. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, Dr. Brian Fisher, uh, what's going on at the Cal Academy?
3: Well, the Cal Academy is closed, so that's right. not a good place to go right now. But in this time of social distancing, I think based on our discussion today, it would be great to think about nature embracing time um, that we often forget that we are part of nature, we are animals and we are connected. And there is no us versus nature. We're part of the same. So what happens out there happens to us. So let's not forget about that connection during this period of isolation.
0: Wow, that is beautifully said. Could not agree with it more. And yeah, just to review, I guess, stop flushing stuff down the toilet that's alive and uh, be sure to eat insects. That's like the new cool thing that all the smart people are doing. Drew told me he's going to start doing that, right? Uh, Yeah,
2: of course. Now I'm doing that for lunch. Well, and to help you get
0: like jacked up because they have a bunch of protein.
3: Right, right. And we can eat ants, right, doctor? Is that okay? You can eat ants. Great. Um, insects are great no matter what. They're great for the gut microbiome. They're great for the micronutrients. They're okay. great for the planet. Great.
0: Okay, well, there you go. Don't watch this movie and eat a bunch of insects. Uh, thank you guys for joining me on the show, and we'll see you next time. Later, bye-bye. Bye. Bad Science is hosted and produced by me, Ethan Enberg. Our associate producer is Emily Felt. Our engineer is Jeremy Schmidt. Bad Science is edited by Lucas Bollinger, and our social media is managed by Blue Whale Media. Shout out to EJ and Kate. And the executive pizza, dude! Producer is Brett Kushner. Follow us on Instagram at BadScienceShow. That's at BadScienceShow. Or feel free to send us an email at, at seeker.com Let us know what you think about the show, any movies we should do in the future. I always appreciate getting your emails. And, of course, leave us an iTunes review. That lets other people hear about the show. And I'll see you all next week. Bye.